So this Advent season, a uh, season where we prepare for Christ's arrival, uh, our Advent theme has been when shalom comes home. Shalom, the word for peace. There's a lot of chaos in the world, and we are all, in one form or another, looking for peace. And we've talked about throughout the series about peace in the city, uh, peace in the home. The musical last week was entitled Prince of Peace. And this morning, we're going to be looking at inner peace in an outrageous world, finding peace in the chaos, realizing that true peace is received as a gift from Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Uh, our scripture reader for the morning is Lance Cloud. Lance, if you can make your way on up to the podium. And as he does so, if you are able, please stand and face the center of the room. And we read from the center of the room as a reminder to us where scripture is to be uh, in our lives. It is to be central uh, to our lives, both personally and as a community of faith. And so, Lance, whenever you're ready, please read from Isaiah chapter 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And we'll be, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Lance, thank you so much. You may be seated. I want to uh, start this morning by just showing you a couple pictures. We have two pictures uh, on the screen. Uh, and I guess the question I would ask first, which, which picture is more appealing to you? Um, of course, with the temperature being what it is, I would take either of those right now. Either would be great. Um, but this series is about peace and chaos. And the cabin by the river, it looks very peaceful. It looks like peace. And then the storm looks very chaotic. And if you just were to pause for a second and think about what is going on in your life right now, um, you know, which picture is a closer representation uh, of what's going on in your life? Again, I realize those two are two extreme examples, but, but, you know, would you lean more towards the cabin by the river, peaceful kind of life feels like that right now, or more of a chaotic life like the storm? In fact, uh, just going to ask you to participate. How many of you would say, just by raising of hands, uh, that your life feels a little bit like the cabin by the river? It's, it's relatively peaceful. Okay, good, thank you. Now, what about those of you who feel like your life right now is more like the storm? It's relatively chaotic. Just raise your hand for that. Okay, yeah, that's good. If you, if you raised your hand twice, you didn't understand the question. Okay, that's... Um, but again, the cabin picture looks very peaceful. It looks like peace. 
But maybe, just maybe, peace doesn't always look like that picture. You know, really, if you think about it, the peace in that cabin picture, it's relatively fragile. You know, all it would take to ruin that piece of the cabin by the river, I wouldn't need to flood the river. I wouldn't need to start a forest fire. I wouldn't need to invite a grizzly bear. Again, all those things would disturb the peace by the cabin by the river. But to ruin the peace in that picture, all I would need are some mosquitoes. You give me a couple dozen mosquitoes and the peace in that picture is gone. It is gone. And so while that picture represents a peace that is very appealing, it's also very fragile. But what about the other picture, the one of the storm, the one that just looks like chaos? Well, if you look closer, if you zoom in a little bit, you'll see that in the middle of all that chaos, there's a bird in a nest at peace. And the chaos of the storm doesn't take the peace away. There's a word I want to introduce to you this morning. If you haven't learned a new vocabulary word this year uh, for 2016, This will take care of it, okay? Uh, The word is imperturbable. Imperturbable. It means not easily upset or calm. Now, the word, you may notice, there's the word perturb in that word. And if you are perturbed, you're upset. Well, imperturbable is not easily upset. And the peace that God offers is a peace that is not easily upset. Inner peace in an outrageous world. There is a peace that appears within the chaos. Like the bird at rest in the storm, peace comes to us in the middle of our chaos. There's a peace that appears within our chaos. As the passage that Lance read said, verse two of Isaiah nine, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned, walking in the darkness. This was written about 700 years before Jesus and part of the darkness Isaiah is referring to was the threat of the Assyrian empire that is going to conquer at least the northern kingdom of Israel. In fact, the northern part of Israel that this passage was addressed to in Isaiah chapter 9 would be the first to fall to the Assyrians. So what does your darkness look like? Maybe you're walking in great darkness. Maybe it's not too bad right now. But the question is, what is your darkness? What does it look like? Because peace is not always the absence of chaos. God sees the darkness we are walking in and comes to us in it. Many of you are familiar with the Exodus story of the Israelites in Egypt. And they were in the chaos of slavery. And God comes to them in that chaos. And then 
They're in the desert and God is with them in that chaos. And then even in the promised land, they experience chaos and God is with them there. He does not always take the chaos away, but he will see us through it. And Christmas, what's, what's Christmas all about? Jesus, the light that comes into our darkness. John chapter one says, it says, in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. If you were here at the Christmas musical last week, you heard three different people share life experiences, life experiences that include a lot of chaos. And those stories were not so much stories about how God took the chaos away, but rather they were stories about how God gave them a sense of peace in the chaos. There is a peace that appears within our chaos. There is a peace that overcomes our anxieties. Now, hundreds of times in the Bible, you can find a phrase that says something like, do not fear, or fear not, or do not be afraid. Hundreds of times. Now, if the Bible has to tell us over and over and over and over again, do not fear, what does that say about us? It says that we are people of fear. We are anxious people. We worry a lot. For example, how many times this past week were we worried about the road conditions or the weather or whatever? When was the last day that you didn't worry about anything? I can't think of a day that I didn't worry about something. Now, it may not have been super anxious worry, but I had to think about this in order to plan for that. Or There's always something that we got to anticipate. And that's not all bad, but I think in a general truth is we are people of fear. And to varying certain, you know, extent, it drives us. But there is a peace that overcomes our anxieties. As it said in the passage, you have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning. It will be fuel for the fire. Look, there is darkness. There is chaos. We're not advocating denying that reality. But as these verses imply, as they say, that chaos, that darkness doesn't last forever. There is a truth, there is a peace that transcends all those things that we worry about every day. The Apostle Paul, he found it. He says in Philippians chapter 4, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty 
or in want. Paul's contentment was not contingent upon his circumstances. Now, Paul would say elsewhere, hey, rejoice with those who rejoice. There are some circumstances to rejoice at. Good, do that. He would also say, mourn with those who mourn. There are some circumstances to mourn at. This is appropriate. Mourning and grieving over loss, that's a good thing, to mourn and grieve when appropriate. So Paul is not advocating some kind of stoic detachment from reality, but rather he is challenging us to engage with a more fundamental reality that sometimes in the midst of chaos we miss. And that is that chaos is never our only or even ultimate reality. Circumstances will never always go our way and God never ever promises that our circumstances will always be good. Darkness and distress are real, but they're not the only thing that's real. They are not even fundamental to what's real. Chaos is never forever. And Jesus points to a more important reality in Matthew chapter six, where he says, do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given as well. Look, we need to eat and drink and have clothes and shelter and all sorts of other things. But life is not about the circumstance. Think about it. If our lives are defined by chasing after temporary things day after day after day after day, where's the peace in that? If we're constantly chasing after stuff that just fades away, there is no peace. But the kingdom of God has come and Jesus brings it. And by seeking the kingdom first, we can overcome our fears about the rest. Seeking the kingdom first brings a sense of peace. Because the other things that we worry about, as Jesus says, they will be given also. But keep your eye on the kingdom. There's a peace that overcomes our anxieties. And there's a peace that Jesus has achieved for us. In the Isaiah passage, how does it say that they will know that the light has come to their darkness? How will they know that the chaos isn't their only reality? Isaiah says, a child has come. For to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The focus of hope in Isaiah is the birth of the child and Paul's secret of contentment. How did Paul face all those circumstances he talked about? 
Well, he goes on to say in Philippians 4, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Paul looked to Jesus to see him through every situation. And Jesus can see us through every form of chaos. And on this side of heaven, we know that the chaos is not going away. But we believe that Christ has the ability to match it. Situation for situation. Even the chaos that never seems to have an end. Things like war, poverty, hunger. What's the answer to those kinds of things? In the winter springtime-ish of 2014, don't know how many of you remember this, but we did this series called Jesus and the Justice League. And one of the results of that series is we did a study on uh, ministry opportunities to the homeless here in the Magic Valley. And from that study, we started a ministry called HOPE, Homeless Outreach Partnership Effort. And one of the things that they found was that there are lots of places in the Magic Valley during the week that people can go and get a meal if they need one. But one gap that they discovered was on Sundays. On Sundays, there's hardly any place, if any place, that offers a meal to the hungry on, on Sundays. It just doesn't really exist here. And so Hope Ministry came up with a plan to address that need. And we made a video, and I just want to highlight in the video, or the video will highlight, some peacemakers from one part of the Hope Ministry who provide some peace in the never-ending chaos of hunger so that people have something to eat on Sundays. Go ahead and play that video. We uh, started this ministry on March 1st of 2016 when they had the series in church and a committee was formed out of that series that talked about uh, what the needs were for the communities. The need for people to get something to eat on Sunday. And so the Brown Bag Ministry came about because of that need. And since that time we've watched it grow and develop. And it's really interesting to see the fact that we're making a difference one bag at a time. After we got started doing this, the word has gotten around to the other towns around here. And they know that these bags are available on Saturday. Uh, they receive peace by the, uh, by the reception of the meal uh, that they're able to take with them. We see it in their expressions when they come to the to the bags to pick them up and stuff. Uh, we have a, a steady flow of people as they're coming through to pick up the bags after they've eaten their meal that the mustard seed provides. And uh, you can see it on their face. They're extremely thankful uh, to be able to receive these to take with them. Um, this project has become uh, a real part of our life. Um, we shop off and on during the week, gather up our, our supplies, uh, and, uh, and then put the bags together, as, as you've seen here. And I think we both 
experience uh, a sense of peace knowing that we've helped these people. May the love that is put in these bags bless you as much as it has blessed us who are putting them together. It's peace in the chaos. The hunger doesn't go away. They just provide some peace in it. Peace for hunger on Sundays, one bag at a time. I think Jesus knows what he's doing. I think he knows what he's doing. Faith in Christ is trusting that he provides the strength for us to face our chaos. You know, over the next uh, five years, my three kids are going to graduate from high school, um, Lord willing, and, uh, and all three are looking at continuing their education, which of course is going to be really expensive. And I have no idea how that's going to work out. I don't know how that's all going to be funded. Scholarships, work, student loans, don't really know. But honestly, I don't lose that much sleep over it. Because I remember when I graduated from high school, I really had no idea how I was going to fund my way through college. I had a plan on what to do next and some vague ideas of what I wanted it to look like, but I really didn't know, no. And somehow, as I reflect back on those years, Jesus got me through it, and I saw how he was leading me each step of the way. And for my kids, it's going to be chaos. It's going to be chaos. And I'm not saying we don't need to be planning and preparing. We are. We're, we're doing all that stuff. But Jesus will get them through and lead them all the way, even though I don't know what that's going to look like. But there's peace in knowing it's gonna, we're going to figure it out one way or the other. 2 Corinthians 4 says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Our troubles are achieving an eternal glory that outweighs them. Now, he calls them light and momentary. Now, Paul has more faith than I do because I'm not sure that I would call the troubles light. But they are momentary. There is something going on behind the scenes that is working out for us. And so as we continue to trust in Jesus, I believe what Jesus told the woman who washed his feet with perfume and her hair. In Luke chapter 7, he says to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Faith in Jesus saves us from our sins. Faith in Jesus gives us the strength to see it through the chaos. Faith in Jesus leads to peace. And when our faith in Jesus leads to peace in the midst of our chaos... That pours over, it overflows into the world 
where others experience peace through us because of Christ. And so three questions for you to reflect on, to think about. Am I experiencing the peace of Christ in my life? Where do I see the chaos in my life? And what is God calling me to trust him about? Please pray with me. Lord, we come before you this morning and I just ask that you would give each and every person, each and every household here a sense of your peace, a peace that is not easily upset. And Lord, I don't know the extent of the chaos going on in each person's life here, but again, give them a real sense of hope that you can meet them in each and every situation they face. And Lord, as we experience the peace that you can give, Lord, we ask that you give us the wisdom and the encouragement to pass that on to a world in great chaos. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.